We're just declaring how great you are. We're joining with heaven and we're saying how great you are. We're joining with our Greenville Eastland community and we're saying how great you are. We're joining with every single person who's a part of our New Spring family who's experienced your grace and your provision in this last year and saying how great you are. For the breath that we breathe, the food in our belly, the gas in our tank, the roof over our head, a great family to worship with, we declare how great you are. So, so great and glorious God, we beg you to do what only you can do as we take the next 35 minutes and open up your word and lean into your presence, I beg you, allow your greatness to be felt and allow our lives to be changed. In Jesus' name. And everyone who is, who is grateful that God is great, say, come on, amen. Come on, just praise him for a moment right now. Hey, you all can take your seats. My name is Dan Leanne. I'm a part of the teaching team here at New Spring Church. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I really do hope and pray that we will cross paths one day. Uh, for those who have been asking, I am feeling great after uh, fighting COVID off in uh, December. Uh, the, the message that I recorded uh, during that fight um, uh, was played in December. I mentioned that I was having honey and lemon, so thank you so much for the 19 bottles of honey that I uh, received over the last couple of weeks. I wish I mentioned new golf clubs, but um, <laughs> so my COVID is gone, but now I have type two diabetes, so thank you so much for that sugary rich uh, liquid. Uh, but in all serious, uh, seriousness, I wanna just extend my personal uh, love and welcome to our Eastland community who are gathering for the first time this week and in their brand new building. These are exciting days and uh, we're here to celebrate not only a building that has been built, but a family that has come together and light that is going to shine for many people for many years to come. Uh, I'm so excited right now. Um, I am about to leap off this stage. I'm trying my hardest to, to, to remain chill and calm right now because I'm telling you, New Spring family, we have had an amazing start to the year. I'm telling you, we've had an amazing start to the year. Come on, can I get a witness in the house right now? Come on, we've had an amazing start to the year. I think it's massively got to do with the Bible reading program we've all jumped in on. Uh, we have over 17,000 people who are a part of our New Spring family reading through the Bible. I know there are four of them in the Leanne household. It was so cool. Earlier this week, seeing my son, my 15-year-old son, sitting on the couch, catching up with his daily Bible reading and sharing with me the stuff that he's learning for the first time. It is breathtaking, it is mind-blowing, and it's not too late to jump in. So you can text read my Bible to 30303 and we'll give you basically the instructions um, and the program so that we can read the whole Bible in 2021, the year of the Bible. Um, I'm also really, really excited right now because we have been praying for the last couple of weeks at 6 a.m. and I'm telling you now, 
Uh, you can tell how much a church loves a speaker by how many people show up on a Sunday morning. You can tell how much a church loves God by how many people show up to the 6 a.m. prayer meeting. And I'm here to let you know, New Spring Church is a church that loves God because I'm telling you, there are people everywhere on us uh, on a Monday through Friday morning at 6 a.m. So this is our last week. So I beg you, tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., uh, 5 a.m., get up and start a one hour, no, no, at 6 a.m., uh, get along to one of our campuses and uh, you can engage in the most powerful thing that you can do any given morning, and that is to pray. Can someone say a good amen to that? As well as that, we have started a brand new series and it's called Altars. And Altars is exploring the spaces where we worship in our lives. We've looked at the altar of our heart, we've looked at the altar of the home, and this week we're gonna look at the altar of the church. And if we take care of the spaces of worship in our lives, God will take care of revival in the earth. Come on, how many people wanna see a revival in the earth? Come on, who, how many people wanna see more life in their household? Come on, how many people wanna see more redemption? Come on, happening every single week as lost people are found, hurting people are healed. Come on, broken people are mended. How many people wanna see revival? Come on, we all want to. But if we're going to see revival in our days, we have to take care of the altars in our lives. The altar of our hearts, the altar of our homes, and the altar of our church. And so this week we're gonna talk about the altar of our church and how the fires that we light in our gatherings play a massive role in the fires of revival we'll experience in our cities, in our state, in our nation. It has always been the case where their altars are taken care of, revival breaks out. And the church has always been a significant part of that. Way back in the New Testament church, you'll see a revival breaking out. After the first sermon is preached, you'll hear of 3,000 people added to their number in one day. It goes on to talk about in Acts chapter two, verse 47, how numbers were being added every single day the rich and the poor, the Jew, the Gentile, those who were brought up around temple worship and those who were foreign to the whole deal, people were coming face to face with God, having their heart set alight. They were entering into the kingdom and beginning a new life every single day. And what was the catalyst? The prioritization of the gathering because you'll see in Acts chapter two, verse 42, at how they devoted themselves to the fellowship, to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Can you see what was happening? A revival was breaking out there in the New Testament church, but right at the center of this revival were hearts set alight, homes that were transformed, and churches that were gathering, devoted to apostles' teaching, devoted to fellowship, devoted to prayer, devoted to the breaking of bread, keyword devoted. They prioritized the gathering, they prioritized church. And that has been the story of history. So often when you study revivals, you will see right smack bang alongside that revival was not only hearts set alight and homes set alight, but church gatherings that were re-prioritized. They were put at the top of the importance list. 
Throughout Europe in the 1600s and the 1700s, you'll read about revivals, and one of the key elements was the preaching of God's word in the house of God, and people coming out of their homes and gathering together. Where two or three were gathered, they experienced the manifest presence of Jesus, and revival broke out. If you study the revivals throughout the American story, you'll see the stories of great awakenings, the first great awakening in the late 1700s under the preaching of a man named Jonathan Edwards up around the Massachusetts area. There was a preaching of God's word. People came out of their homes. They gathered together in one spirit and revival would break out. You fast forward to the mid-1800s and you hear of a revival that broke out starting around Chicago under the preaching of a man named D.L. Moody in a Sunday school class. What happened? People came out of their homes, gathered together as a church. They began to worship God and hear teaching and revival broke out. Whether it happened in the Welsh revival or in the Azusa Street revival, every single revival you study throughout history had the story of people coming out of their homes that were set alight and gathering with other people to lift up the name of Jesus. The altar of the church has always played a central role in the lighting of the fires of revival. And as it has been all the way through history, I hope and pray that will be our story in 2021. And that's the reason I am so pumped, like a pair of Reeboks from the 90s, to see so many people in our 14 campuses coming out of their homes to knit together in faith and to lift up the name of Jesus. But because, because, we're, because we're doing this, we're one step closer to revival. And every single family that comes out of their home to knit together in faith with other people at a church gathering, come on, takes us one step closer to revival. So I beg you, I implore you, in 2021, prioritize Gathering with God's people. Yes, catch up on the message online if something takes you away for, for a week for any reason, but make it above and beyond all the other things that are swirling around in your calendar a priority, a matter of importance to get together and knit faith with people and lift up the name of Jesus, sing praises to his name, edify one another, encourage one another, hear teaching that'll rock your world and change your life because as we come together, we create a bonfire that will consume the darkness in this world and draw a doubting world to watch and maybe even join in. The fires of our church will impact the fires of revival in the earth. So this is my heart's hope and my heart's prayer for the next couple of minutes with you. I wanna show you why prioritizing gathering as a church needs to be in your family and your household an absolute priority. And I hope not to be just a pastor telling you to go to church you know, it's like a 
It's, you know, it's like a, 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 a Krispy Kreme kind of worker trying to convince you to, to buy a Krispy Kreme. You don't need that in your, no, you don't need a pastor trying to tell you just to go to church. Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna simply turn to the Bible. I wanna show you what comes to God's mind when he thinks about the church. And if you would allow your mind to line up with God's mind when it comes to what church is, I guarantee you, you will treat it like a priority in 2021. Can someone say a good amen to that? So what comes to God's mind when he thinks about church? I know for me, when I was younger, what came to my mind was a building that felt a little stuffy, with uncomfortable seats, with lots of dusty books that no one opened up, sitting on the pews. I always used to think to myself, why is there a jacuzzi at the beginning, at the, at the front of the church that no one ever used to fill up with water? What comes to your mind? Well, irrespective of what comes to your mind when you hear the word church, allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to show you what comes to God's mind when he thinks of church. And let that build priority in your heart regarding your gathering in 2021. If you're writing down notes, you can pull out your leather-bound journals and your pens right now. iPhones, iPods, iPads. I hear that Blackberries are coming back into vogue right now, so if you have one of those, open it up, get ready to take some notes. This is what comes to God's mind when he hears the word church. And this is, the, this is what he wants to have come to your mind when you think of your church involvement in 2021. The first word that comes to mind is body. The church is the body of Christ. It's not just a building. It's not just not a religious institution. It's not a club that you claim membership to, even though you don't attend that. But, but you know what I'm saying? It is the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, the Bible says, now each one of you now the body, no, sorry, let me, sorry, it's not coming up on my screens quick enough. Wait a second, let me read it for you. I don't want to like, misquote the scriptures. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Everyone say, each one. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. <laughs> Each one of you is a part of it. The church isn't a building. The church isn't an institution. The church isn't a service that you attend every now and then. The church is the living body of Jesus in the earth today. Just as Jesus interacted with the earth 2,000 years ago in his physical body, healed the sick, raised the dead, preached the gospel, announced the kingdom, that is our destiny as a church today. We are the body of Christ and each one of you are an integral part of it. That means I need you that means you need me. 
we have to be knit together in total and absolute unity. Because this is a body, and each of you are a part of it. Even the word church, when it's translated in the Greek, speaks to a body that is assembled. You see, the word church is used 114 times in the New Testament. The Greek word is ekklesia. Ekklesia literally means a group of people called out together. A church is not a building. A church is not an institution. A church is not a club you claim membership to. A church is a group of people assembled together. We hear it all the time. The church is not a building, it's not, but it is a gathering. That's the reason we have to come together. And each of you are a part of it. We, we can't be a tis, discombobulated, blown apart, bits and pieces body. We have to be assembled together. Have you ever seen a severed finger before? Like a part of the body cut off. I have. As a young youth pastor, a youth speaker, I remember being at a youth camp at Phillip Island Adventure Resort many years ago. I remember one Saturday afternoon when a leader burst into the room that I was in as I was talking to the youth pastor who was running the camp, and he announced that a kid's finger had been severed off on the zip line. And so the youth pastor runs out of the room, I follow in tow, and, and sure enough, we get down to the zip line and there's a child there crying, holding onto their hand. A group of leaders panicked around them and it was obvious that as um, the zip line was coming to an end, this child had reached up, grabbed the pulley system and had sliced the end of their finger clear off. Sorry that this is stomach cur like not curdling stuff on a Sunday morning. Now, my youth pastor, who was an experienced youth pastor, knew right away that this little bit of pinky could be found. And if they could find this bit of pinky, the pinky could be reattached to the body. And so what happened is one of the most fun youth group activities I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> Wasn't a big youth ministry, about 30, 40 kids, no word of a lie, roaming, or <laughs> roaming around this green hill trying to find the end of this pinky that was clean severed off. It was about two minutes until a young girl screams out, I found it. And so they picked up this pinky and what did they do? They put it on ice. They actually had a cup of ice. And what do they do after that? They got that pinky and that kid to a doctor, to a hospital as quick as possible. 2020 was a severing year for many people. Quarantine, lockdown, and then beyond quarantine and lockdown, new rhythms of life and habits were formed. And because of that, there have been many people within our New Spring family who are severed in 2020. A severed body part is not good for its body part and it's not good for the body. Can someone say amen to that? So what must we do? We must wrap that body, that piece of body in ice and get that piece that's been severed reconnected. Come on, as quick as possible, come on, with total urgency, come on, with post haste. 
You might be watching online right now, catching up on this message throughout the course of the week. And I'm so glad that you're taking time in your week to worship God through the screen. But there's something different about getting together, come on, with the body, knitting faith, raising your voice, come on, offering encouraging, come on, receiving the word. There is something different about being connected with the body. Come on, my friends here in one of our 14 campuses right now, do you know people in your world who have been severed in 2020? Do you know people who haven't been back to the physical gathering for a while? I'm gonna beg you and implore you this week to make it a point, to maybe even share this message with them or to invite them personally to get reconnected with the body. Why? Because this is a body and all of us are a part of it. And it's not good for the severed piece and it's not good for the body if there is a part that is disconnected. In fact, let me just blow up your lives and ruin your world. This week, as you sit at that fast food outlet of choice and you see a cup of ice sitting on the table, may that remind you that this week I need to make a plan to get to the house of God because I am a part of this body and I wanna be a part of it. Come on, as you see a cup of ice, think about someone in your world, someone in your family, someone who used to be in your small group, someone who used to go along to Fuse, someone that you know in your circle of friends who used to be in the house but have severed themselves from community and grab a bucket of ice, wrap them up in that ice and bring them to church. Come on, this time next week for this is a body and each of us are a part of it. I need you and you need me. And it is not good for the severed part or for the body to go any further in disconnection. What comes to mind when God thinks of church, not an archaic religious institution, no, he thinks about his body in the earth. And he also thinks about his bride. The second point, I want you to write this down, is the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 25, the Bible says, Husband, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. This church, our community, is the bride of Jesus. Love her accordingly. Treat her with appropriate importance. Just as Corey is to Brad, just as Shari is to Clayton, just as Mare will be to that six foot two, tall, dark, and handsome, loving Jesus poet. I'm telling you, just as Krista is to me, so is the church to Jesus. Jesus loves his bride. We need to learn how to love and honor her too. I've met many people throughout the years who have said stuff like this to me. 
Hey, you know what? I've met your wife now and she's really, really lovely. How did you get her? That kind of stuff. You know what, your, your wife, she's really, really beautiful. She's really, really kind. Like you not so much, but you know what? I like your wife. You know what I've never heard? I've never heard anyone say to me, you know what, Dan, I like you, but I don't like your wife. You know what, I like you, Dan, and your vibe, but your wife is a piece of work. I've never heard that before. You know why? Because number one, my wife is a much better human being than I am, and number two, no one would even dream it as a, as a line of conversation to, to tell a husband that I like you, but I don't like your wife. So why do we feel so comfortable to look at God and say, you know what, I'm down for you, but this church thing, it offended me and I don't like it. Why do we feel so comfortable saying stuff like this? You know what, I'm down for Jesus, but you know what, church, not so much. When the church is the bride. And I'm here to own up. I'll be the first to confess. That as, as a part of this imperfect bride, man, we haven't been perfect in this last year. I'm here, the, I'm, I'm, I'm here as first to confess that yep, I've let people down in the last year. Yep, I should have got louder about some things quicker or maybe I should have thought a little bit more before I opened my mouth. Yep, I'm here to confess that I haven't been the greatest shepherd or the greatest leader or the greatest guide in the last year. I'm here to confess that yep, this bride deal is imperfect, but it's still the bride of Jesus. And I beg you and I implore you to forgive me. If I've hurt you, if I've offended you, forgive me. I remember when I first started coming to New Spring Church, there's a phrase that I never heard so much before and I heard it all the time when I started coming along to New Spring three and a half years ago when I moved here with my family and it was this statement, I love this church because there are no perfect people allowed. I used to hear it all the time, no perfect people allowed. But I found over time that for a lot of people, they only want that to apply to them. They wanna be accepted and received no matter what their issue is, no matter what their brokenness is. They wanna be imperfect, but they expect perfection out of everybody else. I want everyone to think like me and talk like me, share the same values as me, vote like me, lean like me. But here I'm here to let you know, here to let you know, if you do this bride of Christ thing right, you're gonna get your noise out of joint at some point. But that's all good, baby because Jesus gave us the equipment and the tools of forgiveness and grace and mercy that leads us to healing and wholeness and restoration. So don't allow offense to become a root of bitterness because that root of bitterness is gonna grow into an oak of destruction. Let your brother off the hook. Forgive your sister. A lot of people have been offended at the bride in the last year Love that bride, because Jesus does. I'm a work in progress, and I beg you, if there is something in your heart that you're holding on to that's preventing you from re-engaging wholly, extend grace to that bride and re-engage. Because here's the deal. Just like Brad and Corey are a package deal, and just like Clayton and Shari are a package deal. Just like Mare and her one day man is gonna be a package deal. Just like me and Krista are a package deal. The church and Jesus are inseparable. Love her, come on, 
honor her, come on, respect her, come on, extend grace to her, because it honors Jesus. And just to preempt all the emails this week, if you're 16, don't send any emails to me. She doesn't need that in her life. God will take care of that. The third piece is this. Not only is the church the body of Christ, and not only is the church the bride of Christ, the church, finally, I want you to write this down, is the beacon of light. In a dark world, the church was going to be light. In a divided world, the church was going to be a picture of unity and harmony. In a hurting world, the church was going to be a healing force. Jesus said that our church would be the light. That's the reason the Bible says in Matthew chapter five, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the southern version, it says, y'all are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I wanna say thank you to all the people over the last couple of weeks who have sent me an email warning me of dark times to come. I wanna say thank you for all the DMs you've sent me uh, with links to websites, trying to uh, show what a difficult day we live in. I wanna say thank you to all my friends on Facebook, all the women aged between 30 and 55, who shared stories about the doom that is coming. But I would like to say, like I've said to everyone that I've talked to in the last couple of weeks, who have come to me with fears, with stresses, with worries, with anxieties, with confusion. I wanna say to you like I've been saying to all of them, I don't fear because Jesus promised that there would always be light and the gravest darkness in the world, come on, can't stand against the light of the kingdom. In fact, I keep responding by saying, thank you so much for your email, thank you so much for your direct message, thank you for this shared video on Facebook. Isn't it important then to get together at 6 a.m. to pray? Isn't it important then, come on, come on, to gather at church? Because Jesus said that we would be light. Hey, look at me in my tiny little eyes and read my voluptuous Asian lips. If you're scared right now of the darkness, isn't it logical? Now's the time to run back to the light. Come on, if you're worried about the impending dread the looming doom. Isn't it time to run back to the house of light and hope? I'm scared of everything. I'm a very phobic person. I'm a scaredy cat. I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of snakes. 
I'm scared of spiders. Now I live in the South and I talk to people like Trevor Cox, I'm scared of raccoons. I'm scared of the ocean because sharks like Chinese food. I'm scared of a lot of things and I'm also scared of the dark. So whenever I find myself in a dark place, man, I wanna go find the light. If you feel like our world is dark, now is the time to get back into the light. Okay, there are some people who say, you know what, Dan, I wanna see change in the world. Well, now's the time to knit back with your family who is the body of Christ, come on, and to be the light. I beg you, if you felt overwhelmed, if you felt stressed out or strung out, now's the time, more than ever, amen? to get back into the light. If you know anyone who is stressed out or strung out, they're afraid of the darkness, get them back into the light. So here's the question that I want to leave with you. In a few moments time, I'm going to pass each of our campuses back into the hands of a local shepherd because I believe that God wants to help someone in this room to make a decision for 2021 regarding what church will be in their world. As well as that, I think there are many people who are coming to mind right now in our wider New Spring family people who you know have not been back into the house for a long time. Here's the question I want you to ask yourself and one another. What is your obstacle right now? And how does this truth of what church really is, come on, supersede that obstacle? Is your obstacle a mask? Is your obstacle that brunch time? Is your obstacle that tea time? Is that obstacle that cold morning or down the track that warm night? Is that obstacle fear? Now, now can I get into your face for just a little bit? I heard that the southern term is, can we have a come to Jesus conversation right now? If you're from a demographic that needs to be extra cautious in this day and age regarding coronavirus, I absolutely get it. Avail yourself of the online experience. That's the reason we labor every week to make sure it's available to you. But if you're saying that you're fearful to come back together into a gathering, but you ate at a restaurant this week, come on, you shopped at Walmart this week, what can you catch at a Walmart? You know what I'm saying? If you shopped at a Walmart this week, if you went to a football game this year, if you let your kids go back to school, I'm here to let you know that New Spring Church takes precautions as good, if not better, than anyone else you'll ever interact with. Come on, let's call that out for what it is. It's an excuse for many people. And get back into the house. 
because I have people that I love who have been severed in the last year and their lives are full of hell for it. I'm believing that in the days ahead, we're gonna see our family, our New Spring family, and many more who have yet to find a home, find themselves reconnected, amen, and experience life from it. So I'm gonna pray and hand off to a local campus pastor. Hey Jesus, I pray right now that you would take what is not of you and burn it away to never be forgotten, to never be remembered, but anything that was of you today, I pray that you would help it go deep into our hearts, give us strength to live it out and to bring about change. We trust that you can and will do this. And the body of Christ said, come on, and the body of Christ said, come on, praise him for a moment here in this room.